This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, July 20th, 2014. Radical, radical trust. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that we get to be a part of your plan. And it's no accident that any one of us are here this morning, Lord. Teach us, stir something within so that we might be changed and transformed by your love, by your word found in scripture. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, amen. 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 Today we uh, again look at one of the Psalms as we continue our series, Radical. Today we're going to consider the uh, idea of radical trust as we focus on Psalm 121. So let's start. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. To fully appreciate Psalm 121, we need to put it in context. When we read scripture, it's often important to look at what comes before and what comes after and what's going on. And so today, uh, Psalm 21 is a, it's kind of nestled, it's one of 15 psalms, starting with Psalm 120, and it goes to Psalm 134, and they are known, this clump of psalms is known as Psalms of Ascent, Psalms of Ascent. It is believed that these psalms were written for pilgrims who were coming to, ascending to Jerusalem for one of the three major Jewish holiday celebrations as required by the Torah, which is the Jewish scripture in ancient time. Well, one of these festivals that they celebrated is called Passover. We've heard that we celebrate that with the Holy Communion. We talk about that. The other two celebrated the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the full harvest of wheat and the fruit of the vine first fruits for us, that's the top 10% first fruits of what we have. Now during these festivals, the Israelites living in the kingdom of Judah, like Judah's here, uh, Jerusalem's here, and so they had to make this pilgrimage. Remember, they didn't have cars or anything. They went often by foot. Jerusalem was the capital, and they were required to participate in this week-long festival of worship and celebration. And so it is believed that these 15 psalms, they're called the Psalms of Ascent, great, they were sung by the pilgrims, sung as they traveled together. They united them in their traveling as they were headed to Jerusalem. So the holy city of Jerusalem, it's, it's nestled in the middle of several hills, or it's known as, or known as seven hills of Jerusalem, or the seven mountains of Jerusalem. And so as the pilgrims were coming to town, they would come upon and pass through these hills. Thus the beginning of Psalm 121, where it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. 
Now, what's interesting is the very next line, from where will my help come? See, many of the people living in the surrounding areas, those foreign tribes, those tribes that were not the Israelite people, but the surrounding people, they um, living close to the Hebrews, they believed in many gods other than the God of Israel. They believed those gods resided in the hills, and so it was to the hills these people would look for their help in times of trouble, in times of need, in times of crisis. And the pilgrims then, as they're coming into town, as they looked out at the hills that surrounded Jerusalem, would consider then where their help comes from. Would it come from the same place as the people surrounding them believe, from the hills and the, their gods who supposedly lived in those hills? And, and the answer the pilgrims would come up with would be a resounding no. No, their help didn't come from the hills. Their help comes from the one and only true living God of Israel, the Creator, the Creator of heaven and earth. We're reminded when we read this of the very first words at the beginning of the scriptures, the first words of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so they're reminded of the one who gave them their freedom from the Egyptians, the, the one responsible for those four, first fruits of the harvest, the one responsible for the full harvest of everything they had, the one they are coming to worship, and the reasons they are coming to celebrate and worship the one true God. Mountains and hills can be very dangerous places to travel through. And one of Jesus' parables, in one of his parables, he spoke about the man who was <coughs> attacked by robbers as he traveled from Jerusalem to Jericho. Treacherous place, kind of like the American Old West. You know, bad guys would hide in the hills and just wait and sneak up on you and attack travelers. Well, perhaps as these pilgrims looked to the hills, the mountains that were surrounding Jerusalem, perhaps they were reminded of the bad things that could happen, the bad things that do happen in this world. And in the psalm, they are reminded that they are not alone. They are not alone, that they have the greatest help available. And the one who helped them, helps them is the one who created it all. As we continue to look at this psalm, let's uh, pick it up at verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And so they're told the Lord will watch over you, basically. We're told here that he will not let your foot be moved. And in some versions, some translations, we're told he will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot stumble, will not let you stumble. Now, let's keep it real here. I think we've all slipped, <laughs> both figuratively and literally. We've all stumbled. We've all had our feet moved out from under us for one reason or another. Right, Carrie? Yeah. You know, she has a scar on her shoulder from some surgery because of her foot, feet moving out from under her and... Tripping. Well, tripping. <laughs> And so come on then, let's keep it real. What in the world does this mean, he won't let your feet move? Well, we believe that it means that the Lord looks over us. The Lord cares for us. The Lord has interest 
in us, in our lives, in every moment of our life, life in a very up close and personal way. And even though bad things do happen to us, even though there are accidents, like real accidents, or things that happen where we fall one way or another, God is there. God is with us. God cares. That's what this book says. That's the truth in the words of the scripture. That's the truth of God. And unlike us, God does not slumber. God does not sleep. God is on call all the time, 24-7, 365. Now, as we've been looking at these psalms, each week we've talked about something called parallel structure. Everybody remember some of this, that, that word parallel structure, where uh, the writer writes something and then he rephrases it and he either, you know, shows us something a little closer or something a little farther away. Parallel structure is in this psalm as well. It says that the one who watches over you will not slumber. And that then kind of backs off and uses like the wide angle lens and says, and he watches over Israel. He will not slumber. In other words, God isn't just watching over us, you and me individually, but God's watching over us collectively. God's watching over the nation of Israel. Big picture, all the people. Mm. And then this idea of the Lord watching over you is repeated as we're told, the Lord shades us from the sun by day and protects us from the moon at night. Now, I think we're all familiar with sun damage in the daytime, amen? I know I am, I got pretty fair skin, I gotta be very careful. But I don't know about this moon thing. Anybody ever gotten a moon burn? <laughs> Not too many, okay. But you know, the interesting thing about the moon is the moon does have effect on us, doesn't it? That whole idea of a full moon affects the tide. The moon affects the tides. Full moons affect our moods. What else? Uh, when I worked at the hospital, full moon, better watch out. Things change Yeah, at I full understand moon the emergency nights. room gets pretty crazy yeah. under full moons and, yeah. and things like that. But also, not just the reality, but there's also a lot of kind of superstitions that grow up around those realities as well with the moon. So, you know, there, there is kind of a moon burn <laughs> that's possible, so to speak. You know our words lunacy and lunatic, the base word is luna, and that word means moon, right? And so the bottom line is that the Lord is with us when the sun's out and when the moon's out. <laughs> Day and night, we're never out of God's sight. Does that mean we won't get sunburned if we sit in the sun for hours without protection? Don't try it. You'll get burned. Does that mean you can go out at night when the full moon's out and go anywhere, anyplace, anytime, and nothing's going to happen to you? Again, don't try it. You'll get burned. There will be consequences. What it means is that by day and by night, rain or shine, summer, winter, no, no matter where we are, what, what's going on, God is there with us. We are never alone. The Lord is there. Psalm 121, verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Other versions translate this to say, the Lord will keep you from all harm, 
or the Lord will guard you against all evil or all harm. No matter what the words, no matter what the translation, this is probably the toughest verse of this psalm. And perhaps it's one of the toughest verses in scripture. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Why is this so tough? Well, we all know someone who's been harmed, who's been hurt. We all know someone who has been on the receiving end of evil. Even someone who knows God, someone who is close to God, someone who has a personal relationship with God. Maybe that's you, or maybe someone close to you. Hmm. This might be one of the more challenging things for us to make sense of and, and the all-time question, how can God, why would God, who is all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, why would that God allow evil things to happen, especially to God-fearing people? And since those things do happen, then what is this psalm talking about anyway? Well, I wish we had an easy pat answer for you. We don't. We also, at times, wonder, what does this all mean? Because we do see evil and we do see harm in the world, just like you do. We see people who love God with everything they've got and they're harmed by evil. God, when God created us, God gave us free will. This free will gets us in trouble. We are not puppets on a string. God designed us to love him. We have this God-shaped void, and when we don't put God there, we're just a mess. <laughs> but we need to make a choice each and every day to follow God, to allow God to lead us. God does not control us like a puppet. And God gives us choice. Sometimes we choose poorly. People choose poorly. And when that happens, even those who don't choose at times are on the receiving end of the poor choices, on the receiving end of harm, on the receiving end of evil. So then again, we come back to the question, how then does this psalm make any sense when it says the Lord will keep you from all evil? He will keep your life. Well, perhaps what it is is God protects us at a level beyond the immediate physical, even psychological. Now, even though we might be hurt, harmed, physically, even psychologically, if we are able to realize the relationship with God, if we are able to stay close to the one who created us, ultimately, ultimately, big picture, ultimately, we cannot be harmed by those things around us because ultimately, and when I say ultimately, I mean eternally, we will, are, will be with God. Ultimately, eternally, we are God's children. And so that even though our earthly feet might slip, 
both literally and figuratively, our eternal feet will not move from God. Let me say that again. Even though our earthly feet might sleep, slip, our eternal feet will not move from God. Even though we might realize harm in this world, even though we might see and even experience evil in the here and now, in God's world of forever, harm has no place and evil will not be. Amen. Back to the context of this psalm. For the pilgrims coming into Jerusalem, they were reminded that even though Satan, the evil one, brings evil and harm to them, to us, in the here and now, God banishes evil and harm in the there and then. There is no evil or harm in the perfect place that God has prepared for all of us. And even though we might slip and fall, even though we might need surgery, even though in the end we just come down to radical trust, that we believe that we will be beyond at some point the evil and the harm. There will be perfection, and we can claim that and believe it. In the end, these earthly bodies that are nicked up and flawed make mistakes, do, you know, we, anyway. <laughs> we will be exchanged when we are in Christ, exchanged for perfection. That is the good news for us to believe and to live in. Perfection. When we are in Christ, we will experience perfection. Amen. Verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. The Lord will keep me and the Lord will keep you. Why don't you turn to another person next to you and say, the Lord will keep me, the Lord will keep you. You can even point at him when you do that. The Lord will keep me and keep you. know that word keep, that word keep is repeated six times in this psalm. Keep or keeping, the variations of that word, six times. <laughs> and when I'm reading over and when I'm thinking about this message for today, I, it took me back to my childhood, back to church as a kid. And it reminded me of this benediction, that's the dismissal, you know, and our pastor always went out with the choir, and from the back of the church, I would hear it kind of wash over the congregation. It's a well-known uh, benediction in the traditional church. It comes from the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. It says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, if you know it, say it with me. I'll start over. May the Lord, Lord bless, bless you and keep you. Keep you. May, May the, the Lord, Lord make his, his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May, May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. peace. Yeah. Amen. Don't you just like go, ha, ah, when we read that? That's just such yeah. a, like I say, I, I heard that for 20 years growing up in the church. Yeah. The Lord bless you and keep you, keep you, keep you from falling into Bad habits keep you from listening to the deceptions and the lies 
that Satan wants to plant in your head. That's where he wants you, living in those deceptions and lies. May the Lord keep you from that. Keep you from harm. The ultimate harm that comes from allowing short-term challenges, hurts, and heartbreaks to pull us away from God. Satan would like that, for those things to pull us away from God, to pull us away from trusting God, and looking elsewhere for comfort, looking elsewhere for strength. We've said this last week, we probably said it the week before, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, our only hope, our only place to turn is the perfect God, creator of everyone here, who loved us so much that he gave his very best, his son, Jesus the Christ, to come and meet us right in our time of need. We can trust because his will and his way is perfect. So let's put this all together. We hope that the words mean a little bit different to you now that we have sort of fleshed it out. Let's say Psalm 121 together. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forever. Ultimately, eternally, God keeps us from calling, keeps us from evil, gives us life. The question is, are, are we ready to trust God with that, with our lives? As I'm reading this psalm, I'm reminded of a, of a section in the Old Testament from the book of Daniel. Daniel and three other guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were part of the group that when Babylon overran Jerusalem, they took them back to the homeland and tried to enculturate them. And, 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 the, and the rule was that you were going to bow down and, and worship this huge gold idol. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not do that. And so King Nebuchadnezzar said, well, if, if you won't, I will put you in the fiery furnace. We're going to raise it to seven times its normal temp. And we'll see if your God protects you. And they said, that's fine because our God will protect us. But even if he doesn't, even if he chooses at that point not to do that, we're not going to bow down and worship your idol. We're not going to follow your God. In other words, God will do this, but, but even if he chooses not to, he's still our God. And we're still going to be loyal, and we're going to still put our whole trust in him. And so that's our question. God, God will keep us, but, but even on a, if, if for some reason that wouldn't happen on a particular day, 
Are we going to throw it away or are we going to worship the one true God? Are we going to radically trust God with our lives? So we said last week, <laughs> that's all we got. But you know what? That's more than enough. That's more than enough. And, and that was proven when Christ gave his life for us so that we might give our life also back for him. Yeah. Are we ready to offer our lives to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in how to give our lives up? To trust in the Lord. To have radical trust in God. Are you ready to say, from where does my help come? My help comes from What a great psalm. We hope that you get your Bibles, you open it up, you mark it, and read it, and believe it. This is God's love story to each one of us. Be sure to read it and experience a transforming love of a Most High God. Let's pray. Almighty God, this is um, a beautiful psalm. But we also confess that there's, there's a piece of that that we just, we struggle with. But Lord, help us know that we know that we know that in the end, you are sovereign, you are on the throne, and that you do protect us. You will not let our foot slip, ultimately. That there is a place in heaven, in eternity, with you and that starts today here on earth and in heaven where we can trust you with everything we've got and so god we thank you and we praise your holy name i pray this in the name of the father son and holy spirit and everybody gathered said amen thank you for joining us for our podcast for more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.